Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Mean Line Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Waits again, and I'd like to welcome you to a new episode of Safe Conversations. I'm always excited about my guests, but I'm especially uh, excited about my guest today, and you find out a little later in the show why. But I'm extremely excited to welcome Shalise Cox Waits to Safe Conversations. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So if you would, tell a listening audience a little bit about you, your family, your background, your education, whatever it is you you think the listening audience needs to know. Okay. Again, my name is Shalise Cox-Waits. I am the youngest of four children. My parents had um, three girls. I have two older sisters. I had a brother that was um, five years older than me that only lived about five days, um, and then came me. Um, I was born in Georgetown, South Carolina, raised in the Dunbar community, where I currently reside with my husband. Um, I am currently uh, employed with Georgetown County School District, where I serve as the Director of Human Resource. I have a master's degree from Webster University in Human Resource Development and Management Leadership. I also have a bachelor's degree from the University of Maryland, European Division, in business and management. Uh, my undergrad journey began at Newberry College, where I met my awesome husband. He played football with Newberry for two years, and after two years, decided that he wanted to change careers um, and enter the military. Once he enlisted in the military, and went to AIT for training. We got engaged and about six months later, we got married. He was stationed um, in Germany. We lived in Germany for three years. And here we are 29 years later with two amazing children, a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law, two beautiful grandchildren and um, one on the way. That's a little about me. Wow, that's pretty cool. You don't You don't look old enough to be a grandmother. What what do your grandkids call you? CC. CC. No grandma. No grandma. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to jump right in. Uh, I know that it is uh, financial literacy month, and I know that you're a certified financial coach, but you have a pretty interesting background that I want to start off talking about. Uh, you were in law enforcement for a little over 24 years. And my question is, how did you survive? Now, before you answer that question, I, you know, I want to make it clear to the listening audience that you didn't serve officially with a gun and a badge, but you were married uh, to someone in law enforcement for that, that period of time. Uh, and so when you're married to a law enforcement officer, you are a part of the law enforcement community. You are also in law enforcement, as far as I'm concerned. So you agree with that? Totally. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So how did you survive being in law enforcement 
for a little over 24 years? First and foremost, a lot of prayer. Because anyone that is married or related to anyone in the law enforcement career, um, you know that you just never know what's going to happen. I prayed a lot um, and definitely had faith, faith that my husband would return or that I would see him that night or that next morning, depending on his shift. And I believe our children, I always have this saying that God is intentional and um, I believe that he knew exactly what I needed and just having our children made a difference. It helped because they were so active, involved in sports, um, dance, different extracurricular activities that kept me busy. So I think with those three things, um, it's how I survived. Okay. You, you mentioned um, just the extracurricular activities, keeping you busy, kind of, did it sometimes just keep your mind off of, off of worrying because you were just busy? Yeah. From the time they got out of school, um, there was some type of practice um, or some type of game that I needed to get them to. So, you know, by the time we got home, after those activities were completed, you know, it was time to get them fed and washed up and in bed and ready for the next day or, you know, homework and all that stuff. So, you know, by the time it's time for me to go to bed, um, my mind's kind of, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. So it helped me in that way just to keep me occupied, to keep my mind, you know, off of the what could happen or what could be. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. So was it hard sometime maintaining that routine and that schedule, you know, you go to work all day, you work full time, you get off from work, you take your little little girl to dance, right? Or you take your son to football practice, you wash him up, you feed him, you know, you answer their questions about where daddy is, where is dad, you know what I'm saying? Did it, did it ever feel overwhelming or overly taxing? Yes, very much so. Um, looking back, I realize how challenging it was. Sometimes when you're in the moment and you're living that life at that time, you don't realize how you're making it. I mean, you just, you just do it. And, um, honestly, you know, of course I worked a full-time job, um, did what I needed to do. And a lot of times, depending on the job that I was working, my schedule didn't always um, align with theirs. So I had to depend on family, other family members. Thankfully, you know, my mom was able to help out um, whenever she could, if I needed her to. My two sisters um, had two children that were around the same age as our children. You know, so some, the schedules overlap sometimes with them. So they were able to help me out with them because I couldn't depend on my husband's schedule because he didn't know where he was going to be at any given point in time. So, you know, it was like, you know, what do you do? So yes, very challenging, but grateful for the, um, for my village, for our village, because truly they stepped in and they helped out. And honestly, there are times I just didn't know how I was going to make it without their help. Can you uh, tell me in the listening audience, uh, one of the scariest moments you can remember um, doing your law, your husband's law enforcement career. Scariest moment. Honestly, um, I have I have several. Um, 
and and I think for me, any moment or any time that the phone rang in the middle of the night was scary for me. Um, it's a scary feeling when the phone rings in the middle of the night, period, because you're thinking that, oh my God, something's happened. But when you're married to someone um, that's in law enforcement, you know nine times out of 10 what that call means. He's He or she is going to have to get up and go, not knowing what is going to happen out there, but knowing that it's something serious enough that he's got to go. So, you know, just anticipating hearing that that doorknob turn or the key turning that in that um, doorknob just to relieve the the stress, the anxiety, you know, that's that's scary. And I think just a time in in his career working for the um, working with the drug unit, that also was very scary for me. Just a, a time in that career, because I think with me or I think and it's probably psychological, but with the uniform, with him wearing the uniform, I think I felt more secure because I think I felt as though the uniform gained respect. So if if he's wearing that uniform, I felt safe once he um, started working with the drug unit. It was undercover and, you know, dressed in regular street clothing and, you know, you're doing, he's doing his thing out there. So again, that brought a lot of fear to me because you just never know. Yeah. People, they may, you know, hurt an officer in or do something to harm an officer in uniform. That's rare. But I think just seeing someone in street clothing, not necessarily knowing that that person is a, a law enforcement officer they're more than likely to do harm to that person. So that was not one of the funnest times. That was, I think, one of the most scariest parts of his um, career. Okay. Now when, you know, so much has happened, right, the past 10 years um, all over the country and, and even close by, to, you know, to your region. Um, and, it, and it seems like there's been a, a disconnect or a shift from or between law enforcement in the communities across the country. You know, knowing everything that's happened uh, from the murder of George Floyd, Tyree Nichols, Walter Scott, uh, and, and seeing that shift to where law enforcement and the community are on two different ends of the spectrum, how has it been or how was it for you being married to a law enforcement officer? And sometimes seeing how, you know, on either side, uh, both groups being painted with, with, with the same paintbrush, you know what I'm saying? One side thinking they're all bad, the other side thinking something else. Did that pull on you? I mean, how did that make you feel? Well, um, just hearing some things that were being said, you know, the police is this, the police is that or whatever. Knowing the person that I was married to, um, being in law enforcement, being you know, knowing that person personally, it hurt, you know, because that goes back to the saying, you know, one apple spoils the whole bunch. You can't put everybody into one basket. You can't put, um, you know, that that label on everybody because everybody's not the same. You know, I knew in my heart what 
my husband was like, and um, I knew that that wasn't him. So yeah, it did bring some despair, you know, and some hurt because I know that there are great cops. I know that there are good law enforcement officers. Everybody's not bad, you know, it just, it just put a shed a really bad light on the overall um, law enforcement community. And I just, it hurt. Yeah. It really did. Shalice, do you ever find yourself having to uh, defend law enforcement uh, on behalf of the industry as well as your, as well as your husband? And if so, can you give us an example? Yes, um, I find myself or I have found myself doing that um, several times, just hearing comments that are made by people. Sometimes I just can't not say anything, even though I don't have the training. I kind of know um, that law enforcement officers are trained a certain way to do, you know, certain to react in certain ways in certain situations. So a lot of times people just don't understand why they do some of the things that they do, but it's just, it goes back to the training. So, you know, you can't really knock them for doing things the way they do it. Of course, there are some that are just going to take advantage of the badge, the uniform, the, you know, the weapons, but um, people just have to understand that there's training that they have actually gone through that um, teaches them to react or to um, do things that they are, that they do. So let's okay. let's switch it up and talk and talk about happy stuff. So what was the happiest moment uh, during your husband's law enforcement career that you can remember? OK, um, the happiest actually have um, more than one, if that's OK. Um, the okay. first one was when he graduated from the police academy. Um, just the fact that he wanted to work in that capacity and serve the community. And I think the biggest thing for me was the fact that it was the community that I was raised in, that I was born and raised in, not necessarily community that he was familiar with. So I think um, that was one. Um, the other was when he was, um, when he became the chief of police. Again, it was for the, um, the city in which I grew up in. Not only, you know, that, but he was the actually he was actually the first African-American chief of police. And that was something that um, that not only me, but my entire family was just um, proud about. And um, I think the very last one would be um, when he retired. And that was a happy moment because I look back over 26 years and God covered him. God kept him. And we made it. No hurt, harm, or danger was brought on him. And that was just, um, that did my heart all the good. You know, we survived those 24 plus years of law enforcement and, um, you know, made it to, to come on the other side. And I could see the, the weight, the heaviness that was lifted off of him. Not really realizing how heavy it was for him. But just to see that it had all been lifted made me realize that, gosh, you know, that was a lot. That was a lot. Mm. So 
If our listening audience hadn't figured it out by now, you're my wife. You're my wife. And, you know, I uh, I will say that I know me being involved in law enforcement was not easy, you know, uh, on the family. But I will say, you know what I'm saying, uh, and, and, you know, this podcast is listened to all over the world. And so I want everybody to know, you know, you handled your business. You handled your business. I know, you know, the phone would ring in the middle of the night and I could hear you sometime. <sighs> I could just, you know what I'm saying? I could hear it. And the first thing you would say early on, you stopped saying it, but you would say early on, you got to go. You know, I'll be on the phone talking to whoever. They'd be briefing me or telling me what happened, what we got, you know, and you would you, you would do the same thing all the time. <sighs> you got to And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I can remember eating dinner one day, me, you and the kids and uh, KJ, our son, you know, he's pretty young, but he was old enough to know what was going on. And we had just sat down to eat dinner. I mean, like, just bless the food. The phone rings. And uh, so I get up um, and you were like, you're not going to eat. I said, I got to go. And this was the first time and only time. But he he just started crying. He said, why you got to go? I don't understand why. Why they can't call somebody else to go? Why do you have to go? You remember that? I do. And, you know, I took a minute to, to just sit him down and say, this is this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. You know, other people have to go, too. And, and I'm sorry I got to go. But this is what this is my job. This is what I signed up for. And I got to go help other people. You know, it seemed like when I explained it to him that one time, he got it and, you know, but I know uh, it was hard on the family. I know it was. And so I just want you to know that, you know, I appreciate you um, doing everything you did. I appreciate you holding it together and being the glue, you know, for our family. Uh, I appreciate you because I know that when I had to get up and get dressed and leave in the middle of the night, that you didn't go right back to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the fact that, you know, when I came home, you know, just it, it was like getting back to home base. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't crazy. It wasn't drama. You know, you hear all kind of uh, horror stories, but coming home was really like home base. And it and it always felt good coming home. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you. And I appreciate your years of service. Do you being again in law enforcement all that time, do you have any regrets? No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think we have any regret. I have any regrets. Um I believe that you enjoyed doing what you did. So, you know, we were a team, we're still a team and, you know, we just rolled with it. Um, I mean, you've had some awesome, awesome highlights in your career. You've done some wonderful things. Um, and I mean, I was always proud to say that you were my husband, you know, cause the things that you were doing, um, and the way that you lived and the way you handled 
your your business, you, you know, yourself. So no, I, I don't have any regrets. Um, again, like I said, God is intentional. Um, he brought us through, you know, the kids, I needed them because I needed to stay busy. I needed to have something else to focus on. If it wasn't for them, then what would I have been doing? Twiddling my thumbs, just, mm. you know, kind of trying to find something to do. Family, you know, spent a lot of time with family. There was there were times that, oh gosh, let's not talk about holidays. You know, there were times that mm. we, the kids and I were with family. You were at work, you know, but again, we made it. You know, um, hurricanes would come up or, you mm. know, you know, stuff like that. All right, you know the drill. You and the kids pack up and go to your mom's or your sister's house. You know, so we got used to it. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't say any regrets. Um, I just, I think it made us stronger as a couple. Mm. Um, we pulled through it. So no regrets. So would you, if you, if you had to do it or you had a choice to do it all over again, would you do it again? I think I would. Okay. I think I would. All right. Okay. All right. Would you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm going to let you off the hook. You had a good law enforcement career. I'm going to let you off the hook, and we're going to talk a little bit about financial literacy. Is that okay? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So why is financial literacy important, especially for young people? Can you give uh, your background a little bit? What your what you do? Sure, I am. Um, you mentioned earlier a certified financial coach. Um, I work with individuals one on one, facilitate workshops just to inform people of the importance of financial literacy. I have a small business. It's called Financial Journeys, and I just like sharing things that um, that I know. And a lot of what I know is from. 21 plus years of experience, just life experiences. So I try to share things with people to hopefully prevent them from making some of the mistakes that I've made or that we made. Okay. So why do you think you have a passion for young people and working with young people to teach them things that they need to know about finances? Why is financial literacy so important for kids today? Well, I always share that um, had I known things that I know now at an earlier age, I would be so much further along in my financial journey. Um, You know, everything that we do in life requires money and no money isn't everything. But I mean, we all know that everything that we do in life requires money. Um, So just understanding the importance of budgeting you know, being accountable for your earnings is important. Understanding that saving or putting aside for a rainy day is important. Understanding that your credit score affects everything pretty much that we do in life. I mean, to get insurance, to um, get a cell phone, to apply for an apartment, all these things involve your credit. So having decent credit, having a good credit score, 
all these things come into play and are very, very, very important just overall in life. Also, um, just understanding the, the, um, the difference between financial freedom and financial wholeness. We all want to someday be financially free. You know, that's, that's a goal, but we also need to, um, to understand and work towards having financial wholeness. And when we talk about financial wholeness, we're talking about, um, you know, having the, um, the adequate amount of insurance, you know, the right amount, the right type of insurance, like life insurance, um, you know, just, just things, um, that we need in the event of, uh, you know, death or something like that. Life insurance, term life ins- term insurance, um, making sure that we have the right retirement plans, um, making sure that we're investing properly. You know, financial literacy is such a broad topic and so many things fall under that umbrella. It's just, um, it's just important. And like I said, if I knew so, if I knew what I know now, I, I mean, you and I both know we would be so much further along in life. Um, well, not in life, but in our financial journeys. Um, so I just, it's just important to, to learn as much as you can at a, at an early age, at a young age. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Makes a lot of sense. So Shalice, were you always financially literate or did you have to take some bumps and bruises during your life to bring you up to speed where you are now? Definitely a lot of bumps and bruises. Um, Like I said earlier, a lot of what I share is based on life experiences. Um, We started out young. Again, my parents didn't share, you know, financial information with me. Um, I just saw that things happened. They made things happen. I didn't necessarily want for anything. If I asked for something, you know, nine times out of 10, I got it. I didn't know that I didn't know the struggles that they had to make ends meet. You know, we never sat down and, you know, said, this is how you budget. This is how you, um, you know, save for a rainy day or the reason why you want to save for a rainy day. I didn't, I didn't have those conversations with my parents. So, um, when we got married, you know, well, prior to me, prior to us getting married, I had it going on. You know, I worked, I put my money in the bank, um, and I even uh, saved up for my first vehicle. You know, so I had goals, um, but that was the extent of what I knew. You know, once we got married, I didn't know that I need that we needed to, um, you know, once we get paid today, you need to save some of that money. I mean, we got the money, and where you know it was gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just it, it it was rough. I mean, the struggles were real. We um in the beginning it was rough. Yeah. We had to um we had to figure some things out. Yeah. So, you know, had we gone into it with a little more understanding, with a better understanding of how it how real life worked, I think we would have been okay. But again, no regrets there either because those experiences helped us to, to be better people, um, to be better uh, stewards of our finances. So it, it helped us. It, it grew us. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I'm just sitting here flashing back, you know, as you were talking, um, because I, I mean, I'm gonna just keep it real with you. When I was a kid, I just watched my parents go to work. I just watched them go to work. You know, we uh, we didn't have much. You know, uh, finances was not talked about. You know what I'm saying? But I knew that. They worked really hard just to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to hold it together. And, you know, I think sometimes, and you tell me what you think, but I, but I think sometimes in minority communities, poverty can sometimes be transferred uh, to the next generation just because of lack of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Or people not breaking the cycle, you know, and, 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 and realizing that, okay, you know, what what we're doing in working. Our parents did the same thing and they lived. Our parents, I can tell you straight up, my parents lived paycheck to paycheck to make it happen for us. You know what I'm saying? And so do, do, you, do you agree with that? Do you think sometimes in minority communities, poverty is transferred just due to lack of education? I agree. I agree. You know, it's like um, you can't do better until you know better. Yeah. If you're not being taught or if they don't know, then how are you going to know? How are you going to teach your children and how are they going to teach their children? So, I mean, definitely, you know, they, they, they are, we're products of our environment. So we mm-hmm. do what we know to do. Yeah. And so based on that, you know, my upbringing, you know, not really, not being kept out of finances, but not being educated about it. Same with you. Uh, and fast forward, fast forward. Your kids are now both married. Our kids are now both married, um, self-supporting. What did you teach them that we didn't know? To save and make sure that when when you go out on your own, when you're married, when you get married, make sure that you are um, financially stable. Make sure that you are secure, that you have your own. Um, you know, when you, and let me back up because I don't want to give the wrong impression or whatever when you when you married when you when you get married to someone you become one you're a team but at the same time you want to be self-sufficient if that makes sense they want to be able to lean on themselves you know you want to bring something to the table so to speak not just be totally dependent upon your spouse be able to bring something to the table so you know we taught them and I taught them or we taught them the importance of just, um, you know, budgeting. You know, we're still working on that. That's something that a lot of people struggle with. But just budgeting and, you know, putting aside for 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 everything. So I remember one thing my dad told me uh, when I was a kid. He said, hey, man, my job is to make sure that you do better than I did. Not 
the same as I did, not less than I did, but my job is to make sure you get your education and you do the things and then that you, you know, you put yourself in a place uh, to be better than me. So as a parent, when you think about financial literacy, do you feel like you've done your part to set your kids up for success? And how important is that as a parent? It is extremely important um, because, again, you know, we want them to be self-sufficient. We want them to to be independent versus dependent upon us, you know, continuously. But um, I, I think I have. Um, I've we've had several conversations, um, you know, just stressing the importance of, um, you know, having good credit because anything you know, that you do or anything that you try, try to acquire, unless you have a, you know, a sufficient amount of money saved, you're going to need to obtain credit. So just having the importance of having good credit, um, making sure that they're just making wise choices with their, their finances. Um, and I think that they have both sh- proven that they were at least taught or at least this information was shared with them because they are both very conscientious um, of their, you know, their financial journey. So um, I, I continuously talk to them, remind them because there's one of the children that's a lot like her father. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to reel her in. You know, you know, the other child pretty good, but there's one that's a lot like her dad and, mm. you know, just free, you know, mm. real free, but free. We, we're working on it. And, and I think that, um, <laughs> I think that I've, that we've done a decent job, um, sharing some of our experiences with them and just kind of letting them know that they don't have to make those same mistakes, mm-hmm. even though mistakes are good experiences, sometimes the best teacher, but if you can avoid getting into these ruts, you know, take this route. This is the way you do it. This is the way you don't do it. So I think, I think they've been, been a lot has been shared with them. Good. That's awesome. So we have really chopped it up um, on a couple of different levels, you know, from being in law enforcement, being a law enforcement spouse for 24 plus years, financial literacy, especially for young people. Uh, I want to finish up with a couple of questions. First, what advice would you give to a young mother or father who is married to a law enforcement officer? Just to understand that you're in it too. You may not be the one that's wearing the uniform, but you're a part of that team. Um, like you said earlier, you know, when one person is actually the one doing the job, the other person is is coming along. So it, it's a team effort. You know, just um, understanding that and realizing that. And, you know, patience. Um, patience is important because, again, you know, things just happen unexpectedly sometimes. We just never know when, how, or whatever. But just having that patience and knowing that um, this is a part of the, the package and um, I would always encourage people, you know, in those down times, take advantage of, you know, of those opportunities when schedules permit. For example, when 
when that partner is off, you know, when they have a day off, you know, do something that's family oriented, you know, spend time, go to the movies, do something if their schedule permits. And um, I also encourage families to um, take vacations, take vacations. I I had to, <laughs> I had to wring my husband's neck to do it, you know, because it was like, um, I can't, uh, why can't you? Because I've got to, nah, those things are important. You can't get those years back, mm-hmm. you know, spend time, family time, vacation time, however you do it. I encourage you to take advantage of every opportunity that you get to just, um, spend quality time with family. Yeah. And that is, that's some awesome advice, but I do. I'm going to have to defend myself now because you, you, you chopped me up a little bit just now. So, yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember like it was yesterday. You said, hey, Kevin, um, these kids are getting older now. We need to take them to Disney. You remember that? I do. And And I remember, you know, my response was, okay, well, y'all go ahead and go. Uh, I'll hold on the fort. You know what I'm saying? And I remember you looked at me like, like, what what the hell do you mean? Y'all go ahead and go, you know. But in my defense, I was doing what I knew. All I did is watch my parents work. You know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, you know, uh, and I, great parents, great, wonderful parents provided, made sure we were safe, had food, had clothes. But we weren't going to Disney. You know what I'm saying? We weren't going bowling Friday night or going to the, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it was just a different time and it wasn't time for that. And so I, you know what I'm saying? I just had to understand that it was okay for me to take time off from work. You know what I'm saying? I almost felt guilty taking the day off, but you stayed on me. You got me there and we, and we did what we had to do. So I just, I just had to clean that up and and get you (laughs) up off of me. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I thank you. So finally, what would you say to parents uh, about financial literacy for their kids? How early is it for them to start teaching them? Which way should they guide them? Should they tell them to stay away from credit cards? What, you know, what would your advice be to parents about financial literacy for the kids? So we know that as parents, we are our children's first teachers. So I think leading by example is what I highly recommend. You know, let them see the things that you're doing. Um, While you're doing these things, talk to them about it. Teach them the importance of, you know, of saving. You know, teach them the importance of um, having good credit. You know, take some time. We all we can all access our credit reports, um, you know, easily nowadays. So maybe pull up your credit report and just go through it and let them see what it looks like and let them understand why it's important to have such a good credit score and show them the things that are listed in your credit just so that they will know, just so that they can have the knowledge. Um, And I think, well, I mean, I know for a fact that as early as possible, is when you should start talking to them about this. You know, um, I'm not sure how it is now. Back in the day, we used to get allowances. 
you know, you get, you do your little chores, you know, you get a little like allowance. If that's still the case, let them understand or teach them that they don't have to spend all of that, you know, help them to budget. Prime example would be, you know, to create a budget with a savings line item and then a fun time line item or something, you know, like that, where they put a certain amount in the savings per a certain amount in the um, the fun, you know, line item or whatever, just to get them into that to that habit. And the more they see it, the more they do it, the more it's talked about. Um, it just becomes habitual. You know, it, it, it's a habit. The more they do it, the more they are going to do it. And it just, you know, it becomes routine. So I just encourage them, you know, as early as whenever birthday money, uh, Christmas money, whenever they get money, start talking to them about it then and just teaching them how to develop that that saving and, you know, um, and that budgeting um, habit. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, we've we've really chopped it up. Uh, I appreciate you sharing uh, your experience uh, through your financial journey, as well as your journey as the spouse of a law enforcement officer. Um, would you come back and visit? Sure. Okay. If you would have me back, I would be happy to come back. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything you want to say to the listening audience before we close out? Again, to those uh, spouses that are in law enforcement, um, just hang in there. Um, you know, be empathetic, have patience, and just understand that it, it's a team effort. Um, we just don't know what those, what the, our spouses um, go through on a daily basis. It's it's rough out there. Um, you know, I, I just encourage you to stay prayed up, keep the faith and just stay in prayer, yeah. you know, stay with them and just keep them, keep them lifted because it's, it's a different day and time. Um, 24 years in it, but it, I've seen it evolved big time. It, it's just different from when we started out. So um, just hang in there, hang in there. As far as financial literacy, it's important. We need to share it with our kids. We need to make sure that they're um, they understand it. They have the knowledge of it and just, you know, push it out there. Talk about it. Show them. Teach them. Lead by example. Lead by example. All right. Well, Shalise Cox waits. Thank you so much for uh, being a guest on Safe Conversations where we talk about everything. Nothing's off the table. You know, we talk about issues that impact us all. And I think some people, just because they hear safe conversations, they think the conversations are, are soft, but they're not. We really unpack our bags and, and dig into issues. So thanks again for listening. I know you're listening across the world. I know you're listening across the country. And as long as you keep listening, me and my guests going to keep talking. All right. You've listened to another episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. We'll see you next time. Peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. 
Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is a Mean O Line Media production.